This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 91. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I highlighted an awesome book. I know I say that every week. (laughs) You can tell that I'm a little obsessed with books, but this one, I really, it does, it touches me because it's all about coaching. And this book is called Helping People Change, Coaching with Compassion for Lifelong Learning and Growth. Now, if you're thinking, wait a second, Andrea, I'm not a coach. I'm not a life coach. I have something like to say to you is that you probably are. You probably can catch yourself in the coaching role more often than you realize. We coach our kids, we coach our friends, we coach our coworkers. Uh, In so many ways, you can use the wonderful tools that the coaching approach takes in life and you can use it with all a lot of relationships. If anything, it's going to really deepen your connection with other people. So this book, it, it does definitely apply to everybody. This book is so good on so many levels. Um, I am highlighting this book as well for the Canadian Positive Psychology Association. Uh, they, I help them and I host book clubs for them and it's so much fun. And this is one that we highlighted and we are doing within the book club with the CPPA. So it's so exciting. This book, if you have um, just join the podcast. First of all, welcome. And this is where I highlight books. I take books, I suck out the actionable nuggets so that you can turn the knowledge into action. We take out those coaching tools or those wonderful coachable moments that these books offer, and we can apply them to our lives right away. Now, if something sparks your interest, I always recommend that you purchase the book and you support the author because let's face it, this is an overview. There's so many great stories that you might find yourself in. There's lots of references to scientific studies and research, and these authors put so much time, energy, and effort into their books. And so I always do encourage people to see this as a highlight and really allow it to serve you in your life. But if something does spark your interest to support the author and purchase the book. Okay. So, and if you want the full show notes of all these notes that I talk about, I create these really awesome mind maps uh, from the podcast. Now you can get a summary of everything that we talk about here in the podcast over at my website. So feel free to go over there anytime. It's andreasidel.com. Okay, let's jump in. So helping others is definitely a good thing, right? And we often, you know, as leaders, as managers, doctors, teachers, or coaches in general, we are, it's basically central to our job. Like that is what we are here to do. Uh, And coaching, I don't know if you know, but like you can think that you're well-intentioned when you're trying to help others. And sometimes what happens is we can undermine uh, the simple truth and we can undermine what it is that people want and what is best for themselves because we try to fix people. I don't know about you, but sometimes we try to fix problems, right? It's like in our head, we're thinking like, well, why wouldn't you try this? Or in your head, you're thinking of like, well, you know what? I know what would really make your life better. (laughs) 
you would never want to say that to some people, but we actually end up doing that. We, we have these, like, we have the most well-intentioned efforts to help others, but what we do is we actually undermine, um, it because we, we, we're not necessarily focusing on fulfilling these people. We're focusing on fixing them and we're fixing on correcting problems and, or solving problems. Now, you know what, sometimes if you think like, you know, you hear someone, they're struggling through something and like, oh, this worked for me. And it's like, you're telling them how to do something or you're, you know, there, there's actually ways that you can really support people and still share, you know, your experience. And through this whole entire book, you're going to really discover, you know, how we can correct that, how we can move from a place of trying to fix people or correct problems or, you know, fill the gaps between where they, where people are, where they think they should be be. Um, sometimes it doesn't work well. And this book is so great because it really does inspire us to help others so that they can have sustained learning and so that they can make positive changes and actually make changes more effective. So this book is by Richard, but Boyatsky, Boyatsky, I always say it wrong, Richard Boyatsky and Melvin Smith, as well as Ellen Van Osten. And their studies and their research are based all around coaching and the coach approach of what is effective. They really do teach us that there is an effective way to coach other people. So the, the, the way that we can tap in to help someone so that they can learn, so that they can change, so that they can grow. And that's what I love about this book because it really does take that perspective of not focusing on fixing problems, but instead connecting to the person and to connecting to their positive vision that they have for themselves and connecting so that we can inspire dreams and inspire their, like help them so that they can hold their own, their own focus and their own dreams. And I love this book because it is the approach that I take when I I'm coaching my clients and it's compassion. It's coaching with compassion. And that was my training as a positive psychology life coach. Um, it is to go from this, this perspective of, um, not, not coaching to change or fix things, but rather coaching from a place of compassion. And that why, this is why this book totally resonated with me, but I'm, I'm hoping that it'll help you. Even if you're not a coach, you're just a dad or like not, you know, a manager or something like that. This book, is so great. So do you often find yourself trying to help someone, but it doesn't always work and you get frustrated a little bit by it? Um, So this book is going to help us so that we can see that there is a wonderful, wonderful approach that we can take to helping people see their vision and move into the place of their dreams. Okay. So the heart of helping. So how to really help others learn and grow. Now, this whole book, I have to say, there is so much scientific research put behind all the information that you're going to receive today from me. And it is backed by this science. And so we know that it is, uh, um, it is wonderful information. So the heart of helping. So how, how is it that we can really help other people? So how can we help them learn and grow? So to make changes stick, research shows that we have to, it has to be intentional and it has to be internally motivated. So it's not what your boyfriend wants for you. <laughs> it's, it has to be what you want for yourself. So have you ever had someone, they try and change you or they try and tell you what to do. And then for a while you try to do it, but then it, it never ends up sticking. 
sticking. And that's why coaching with compassion is so important because it starts with a person and, and really allowing that person to articulate what it is that they want for themselves. So what is it, what is their ideal self or what is their vision that they have for themselves? And this is so key. It's a shift from focusing on, it's not about what they should do or what they ought to do, or, you know, it doesn't come from outside mandates. The only way and the best way to help people um, is to delve into this, to find out what it is, what their ideal self is and what their vision is for themselves. And with coaching with compassion, it's all about, it starts with this person figuring out and articulating what is ideal. So it's not what they should do. And it's not from outside mandates. And this is really important, right? So sometimes we often have these um, polarized conversations in so many areas of our lives. Like this book really sets out to help people develop the skills to really listen with empathy and to really get to know one another. And, and only by focusing on what is really, really matters to people, can we get to a point to help them so that they can learn and grow. Did you hear that? So we got to figure out what it is that other people want. If we want to help people, we need to figure out what it is that they, they want for themselves in order to help them learn and grow. And that is science has shown it. Research has shown it. This book really teaches us a different way to inspire learning and change. And it comes from a place of compassion and it comes by focusing on others and truly helping them, not a motive of what you want for them. (laughs) It's really figuring out how we can truly help people because we want to focus on what's important to them. So we can build towards a better future in our families, in our teams, in our organizations, in our communities. Uh, if we really do delve into all these ideas within this book, because it really does help people so that they can, it offers a way actually that they can tap into their own desires to learn and change. And that's when it really happens. So to motivate others to change, uh, it really comes from a place of compassion. And one of the examples they use that really stood out for me was a teacher started her year and she would always ask the students with this powerful question is, I wish, and then you like, so maybe it was the teacher. I wish Mrs. Let's pretend it's Henderson. I wish Mrs. Henderson knew. And then the kids were able to fill in the blank. And that touched my heart because it's so true, right? Like if you think about it, maybe I wish my, my teacher knew that my parents are going through a divorce and I'm living between two houses and, you know, it's hard for me to keep track of my homework and my books sometimes and, you know, da, 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 da. And then what happens is it allows that teacher to really understand what's going on for that child or, um, you know, or it could be something a little more, uh, different. Like I wish my teacher knew that I love to bake and to, uh, you know, whatever. Cause then the teacher can really approach that child from a place of compassion and tap into really what's important for that person. So you see where this book is going, right? This is all about coaching with compassion. This is all about tapping into really what's going on and getting to know someone from a deeper level and try that experiment, right? Like write something down, like I wish, and then pick someone who you would like to wish someone knew. It's like, I wish my, you know, my son knew. And it's amazing how it really does. It 
breaks down the walls and it, it really allows you to go to a really nice, positive feeling place. And, um, and it just, it softens, softens things up a little bit. All right. So the next section of the book, they talked about conversations that inspire. So discovering what is most important. So this is just an extension on what we were just talking about. They talked about like, think of a time in your life when someone coached you. It, they really helped you in a way to make you think. It's a time when someone sparked a flame that's inside you or, you know, that you really felt that passion again, awaken inside you. And it actually changed the trajectory of your life. Think about someone who has done that for you in your life. Now, when you think about that person, right? Um, think about how they made you feel. Um, chances are they made you feel hopeful. Chances are they made you feel motivated. They made you full of ideas and possibilities. And most likely they really showed you genuine care and they showed you genuine concern. So perhaps they really you know, helped you realize and appreciate who you are and what your strengths are. Or maybe they helped you envision a future for yourself that was exciting and energizing. So these are all things and these are all conversations conversations that really have inspired you. And chances are that it did come from a place of genuine care and unconditional support. And it's amazing that when you think back to any time you've had pivotal moments in your life or you've had that inspiration or inspiring person coach you, uh, even if it wasn't in a formal coaching session, uh, like it could be your mom, it could be your teacher, it could be a friend, And so think about that time. Chances are there's very, very uh, over, there's a lot of overlapping characteristics within that. I bet you they really did offer their unconditional support to help you achieve whatever it is that you wished for yourself. And so it's important to really distinguish that those people who helped you, they, they, they offered, they tried to help you in a way that really did offer you this idea of not changing what it is that you want for yourself, not judging what it is that you want for yourself, but it came from a place that was very supportive and that made you feel hopeful, motivated, and full of possibilities. And so it's important to know this because anytime that you have been coached and maybe it fell short and you it actually left you feeling a sense of overwhelm or you felt discouraged or you felt inadequate or maybe you felt forced to do something something that's really not what you want to be doing. There's a big difference between the two, right? I know I've had a coaching session one time and I was just trying this coach and I literally finished that coaching session and I felt, I felt so stressed out. Like I'm like, Oh my God, I have all these things to do. And then it ended up not even being things that I wanted to do in this moment. And it was like, it wasn't the greatest experience, but I realized that that coach was a coach for compliance. She was more, um, wanting me to comply to the list of things so that I could meet my goal. And we're going to talk about this too. Like they talked about goals and we'll talk about this in a couple of seconds too, that goals sometimes can create negative emotions 
hormones, right? And they can actually cause stress. And so there's a better way. And and we're going to discover that in this book today too. So yeah, so it shows you the remarkable difference between the approaches, right? So great coaches actually end up inspiring you, encouraging you, and they support you in a way to pursue your own dreams and to pursue what it is that you want to achieve and that you can achieve your full potential, right? So this is called the coaching with compassion. That's what it's all about is coaching from a place that's encouraging, is supportive, um, is a huge contrast to coaching for compliance. And I love the way they put it within their book is that difference, right? It's, it's it, the coaching for compliance is when your coach is attempting to move, like is attempting to move you in towards something that, you know, is, uh, externally defined or it's objective. It's not really what the vision is for the person. It's maybe the should do's and the ought to and the, you know, and so it's like coaching with compassion is going deeper. It's finding out on a deep level what's important. Okay. So the next section of the book is all about coaching with compassion, right? Inspiring, sustained, desired change. Keywords there, desired change. Half the time when I was in that coaching session that I wasn't thrilled with, it wasn't my agenda. It went off on the coach's agenda and I was following along because it was, I felt like I was moving forward, but it was a different, it wasn't my agenda. So it's really important. Coaching with compassion is all about you are inspiring sustained change because you are tapping into the desired change that that individual wants and needs. And so a proven method of coaching with compassion is that it's a way of, um, that leads to sustained desired change is to guide the individual through, um, intentional change and it's to guide people through. And there is an actual Boyatzi's model of intentional change. And this is so powerful because it's, it's coaching with compassion. It begins by helping a person explore and clearly identify and articulate what it is that their ideal self is and what is their personal vision for their future. Now, this is so important, right? It's like figuring out, it's like that teacher kind of wants to know on a deep level when she asked that question, when she had the students uh, finish that statement, I wish my teacher knew. It's kind of delving in. It's kind of going to a place that's a little deeper. And that is what coaching with compassion is all about. It's kind of, first of all, uh, intentional change needs to come from a place of, you know, where is it that this person wants to go? Like, what is this ideal self um, that this person has or this personal vision for the future? Now, notice how a personal vision is very different than a goal. Oh, I love it. Personal vision, it feels like lighter. It's so much nicer. It's kind of like, it's that thing that's you just a knowing that you've had or something that you've been obsessed with for a long time that maybe you put on the back burner, but it keeps coming up. And so I love that part. So it's really, it's a huge distinction between, um, you know, the, your ideal self and what they called the ought 
self, what you ought to do. I ought to be, you know, a doctor because they get paid really well or like whatever it is, the story that's come up for them. But what I'd really love to do and what my heart, my ideal self would love to do is this. There's a huge distinction there and you can see how it's going to inspire change, right? Sustain change as if it's something we really would like to do. So to help individuals build this self-awareness, it's really important, they said within their book, to ensure that they consider their strengths and their weaknesses. And what they talked about in their book is that... Um, look at your strengths and your weaknesses in the context of your personal vision. So if you are being coached, what you want to do is think about your strengths and your weaknesses, but then also have your personal vision and, and knowing what it is that you want for yourself is a really useful tool. To, it's almost like a balance sheet. And the way that they talked about it within their book is that, um, their, your personal vision statement and kind of where it is that you, what's going to help you get towards that vision. And then what's going to maybe hold you back. It's almost like a balance sheet. So consider your strengths and asset and consider, um, you know, your, your not, your, your not so good things or your weaknesses as liabilities. And then you look at the gap between it and that really does help, you know, okay. So it helps you as a coach, you can help them identify that gap and then ignite energy for change. So coaches can and should encourage them to help them to focus on, you know, things, focus on this, the strengths that you have, but then help yourself with those, the weaknesses. So you focus more on your strengths than you do your weaknesses. Um, they also talked about rather than creating performance improvement plans, um, in which individuals focus on their shortcomings and their learning agendas and things like that. Um, they should actually be focusing on behavior change that feels more exciting to try. So changes that would help you grow and get you closer to your ideas ideal self. So coaches should encourage individuals to practice new behaviors beyond your point of comfort. So in other words, it's really important for people to try new things and to, to practice new behaviors or learn new things so that you can push yourself past your comfort zone, but in the direction of your ideal self. And it's really important to keep going on this continuum and continue practicing and it leads to mastery. Uh, they also talked about rather than relying solely on a coach for support, that it's also important to get a network of people around you, of supportive relationships to help assist you in these change efforts. And coaching is, is one element of that, right? And to effectively man manage your your ability to keep moving forward and recruit, right? Wherever your weaknesses are, right? There's a gap. It's like not focusing on that gap. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a gap there, but then it's like, okay, well, what, what strengths can I draw on? But then how can I narrow that gap between what it is that I need to, what behaviors I need to get me closer to my ideal self? Okay. So then they talked about awakening the desire to change and the power of questions. So questions that spark joy questions that spark gratitude and questions that spark curiosity. Now, it's really important what they talked about within their book is this whole concept of positive emotional attractors. And I love this part because it's so true. Have you ever, you know, gotten off the phone and you're like, "Oh my gosh, you feel de 
depleted and it's like it was a a downer conversation and it just depleted all your resources and you really felt in a negative space. Um, Well, what they're talking about within their book is that when we go into that state of like a negative, they called it negative emotional attractors. When we go into that state, we become very defensive. We become very, um, we go into the stress response. It doesn't feel good. And so what they're talking about in their book is that by focusing on questions that spark joy, gratitude, and curiosity, it really helps awaken people's desire to change, but also awakens people to be in a place that feels, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. It brings you into a state of renewal. It allows you to be creative. And so, So it's really important, like think about the course of the day, you know, when you went into, um, your own emotions and think about, you know, are you most of the time in a positive ratio or of emotions, positive emotions, or are you in a negative emotional state? And what you want to do is obviously increase the, the times that you're in positive emotions, because when we're in positive emotions, we have a better capacity to be creative in our life. We have the better capacity to, um, you know, the brain, uh, can really function better. It goes into a place of renewal and ideas and creativity creativity and hopefulness. And so what they're saying within their book, the best way to coach someone and the best conversations that you can have is, um, awakening this positive emotional attractor. So those questions, asking someone positive questions awakens this positive emotional attractor. So it's an activating, activation of the specific networks within the brain that trigger hormones for the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the calming nervous system. It's where we renew, where we're in renewal. It's the opposite of the stress response and where the brain is kind of hijacked and we go into the stress response. And so, um, it's really important to have, um, have people move into this emotional state and because it really does allow them to become more open and science has shown become more open to new ideas and it allows, you know, you know, when you get that whole flood of, Oh my gosh, I've got an idea for this and this and this and this, it's like, you get so excited. You start talking faster. You're like all jazzed up because you're, you're really excited. Right. And the idea is, is that you're in that wonderful emotional state where you have a flood of fantastic ideas and creativity. And so when you are trying to inspire change and when you're trying to help, quote unquote, help someone, it's really important to be in that state where you're not in the stress response. So if you are coaching for compliance um, or kind of telling someone what they should do or ought to do or in that sort of state, um, it is going to evoke what they call a negative emotional attractor. And what that does is stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, which causes a stress response and our brain kind of shuts down. And further to that, science has shown that if you yourself as a coach are in that stressful state, it's contagious. It spreads super fast. And so that is so 
crazy just knowing that information, right? So it really allows us to become more aware of what's going on and that if we do want to make a positive impact and we do want to help people, that it's really important that we are asking questions that support uh, joy, gratitude, and curiosity. Now, of course, right, there's times and places uh, where we need that negative uh, emotional attractor because it keeps us safe. Uh, In the coaching model, Model, though, it's really important to ask the right questions that ultimately opens people up to what's possible in their lives. And it's really important to um, allow them to kind of not put up a wall, but to let that wall come down. And the coaching with compassion is huge, right? It's like discovering, you know, like the last few steps that we talked about is that figuring out what it is that it, these people want for themselves and like what, what's, what is their vision for themselves and their ideal self and knowing that already allows them and being compassionate around that allows you to have a better connection and then there's less stress response and they'll already be in a place of uh, that positive place that we're talking about where ideas flow and it feels good. And uh, yeah, so it's not surprising that by asking the right questions ultimately opens people up to what's possible in their lives, including, you know, and it really does make them more open to sustained change right? So many coaches and other helper helpers t- tend to fail at doing this is what they say within their book. And instead they coach for compliance. And what that does is it really does evoke that negative emotional attractor is what they called it. And, um, it sometimes seems that what they say is that it seems counterintuitive to evoke the positive emotional attractors, um, when you're focused on trying to help someone, but it's the most effective way to awaken a person motivation to learn and change and grow. And so they really do emphasize this uh, within their book. Okay. So then they talked all about survive and thrive, the battle in the brain. So as humans, we aspire to not just survive, but to thrive. And we need both that positive emotional attractor and the negative emotional attractor. And that's what I was saying that the negative emotional tractor is so important too, because like, for example, uh, we, we need to know when to be scared of snakes or move away from rattlesnakes and things like that too. So, um, and also negative emotional attractors, uh, allow us to really, um, be, be on guard and to, you know, figure things out. And so what they talked about within their book too, is that when we try to help people as coaches or managers or other kinds of helpers, we, can guide them to engage both like the, the positive emotional attractors and the negative emotional attractors, and then find a balance between the two. Because I know when I first have my clients come to me, it's like, it's like, I I always joke, it's almost like turning on the faucet sometime and just letting it flow. (laughs) They got to get all that stuff out. And I do the same thing too for myself is so we do sometimes need to get those things out and allow that to release. And then to find a balance between the positive emotional and the negative emotional attractors. And, uh, and that's really important, right? To find that balance. And then what they did talk about in this part, I love, they talked about renewal activities and how important renewal activities are and that smaller dosages in terms of time and more frequent episodes of renewal activities are really good for us. And they actually help us go into a place of 
of positive emotional attractors. And so, um, you know, he was saying like, even like they were saying within their book, like even 15 minutes, uh, of frequent activities that make you feel good. Like, so if you can think about your day, you know, what are some things like think about your week. So, um, think about how often you are in kind of uh, experiencing negative emotional attractors or activities that, you know, think about the times in your week that you could start maybe avoiding or minimizing or eliminating in your life or your work. And what they're suggesting is what positive emotional attracting activities or experiences can you do more of during your week? And so powerful, right? Because if you think if you could increase that frequency and also like maybe do a little bit longer or more frequently that it will help us. So um, all these renewal activities, what they talked about are so powerful because they help us, um, they help our brains so that it can, it can better balance those two systems, right? So we can be more in a positive emotional attracting state. Um, they did talk also all about how we do need the negative emotional attractor because it allows us to really analyze things and make decisions and focus and solve problems. So that's why a balance between the, all of them is very important, not just ignoring, like never being in that negative emotional state and that our brain has has these two dominating networks and they were talking about how um, we want to tap into both of them. That emphatic network is really important, right? Because we can connect to other people. We can feel their emotions. There's actually, uh, science has shown that we have mirroring of, and that's what where empathy comes from is that we can feel the way other people feel. And so, yeah, so there, that's the whole little gamut of like sur- survive and thrive. Like our brain doesn't just want to survive. It also wants to thrive. So we have underlying wiring within our brain. So renewal is using a variety of activities to help us so that we can spend more time in that positive, uh, emotional activating state. Cause it, ena- it enables us to thrive it by, it really does, um, activates renewal and it's actually, it helps with stress relieving hormones and it produces feelings of safety and even joy. And the, uh, negative emotional attractors help us to, to survive, right? It's the balance survive. So the PEA, so positive emotional attractors, they help us to thrive where Whereas the negative emotional attractors, they help us survive. That's the bottom line. And they activate those stress hormones when we feel like we're under threat or we need to fight, fight or freeze. All right. So then they talked all about the power of personal vision. Dreams, not just goals. I love this part because I used to have goal anxiety. I'd have all these amazing goals. And then when I didn't meet them, I'd be so upset with myself. Da, 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 da. I'm sure you've been there. It's very common. So the idea here and what I love about this book is they really do emphasize having a clear and compelling personal vision of of you, of what it is that you want for yourself. That's the only way to transform your life. So having these personal visions help you to prioritize and to prepare for your future. So creating a vision can be the best 
process of crafting what it is that you want. And it uses your imagination and your creativity. And as you know, you got to be in that positive emotional um, attracting state. So that's the best way to help someone identify their ideal self as well. And there is to really figure out what their personal vision is, is to encourage them to dream. So you want to do this for yourself, of course, but you also want to do it with the people that you're coaching. And it could be as simple as like, you know, asking your child, well, what, what class do you enjoy the most? Like, which class are you super excited to go to? And, you know, they, they may tell you, and that shows, you a little bit of their interest and their fire. Like my son is loving environmental science. Oh my gosh, nothing can go in the garbage. Everything that is recyclable has to go in the recycling bin in our house. (laughs) I can't even buy like one use plastic in this home because he's so passionate about environmental science. Mark my words down the road. I bet you he is going to be some sort of environmental scientist. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so that shows you that you can ask simple questions just to tap right into their personal vision to figure out their dreams. And that's really the first step. So I love some of the exercises they talked about within their book. And one of the exercises was catch your dreams. So using notes, you list all the things that you'd like to do or experience in your lifetime that you haven't done yet. So think about those things in your life. You know, what is it that you'd like to experience and do in your lifetime? Maybe they said to go to uh, get to 27 and then they said to categorize them and put them into groups or themes. So like maybe there's personal development, maybe there's family, maybe there's travel, maybe there's recreation, like put them into categories and, um, and then share, share, share what it is that you dream of. What are your dreams? Catching your dreams. The other thing that they did suggest within their book is that, you know what, we kind of go through seven year cycles. And what's interesting is, is that because we go through these seven year cycles, it's neat to kind of capture what it is that you've learned within those, those seven years and uh, kind of identify what stands out for you and then think about what you'd like in the future. Um, another exercise that they suggested is thinking about what it is that you value. And I do this with my clients. I have a whole list of values and just have them circle, you know, all the things that they value and then narrow it down to 10 and then narrow it down to five and then top three values. And what's so cool is, is that that really does distinguish what your guiding principles are in your life. I love that, right? It really opens you up to the, what it is that's what your vision is for yourself. Um, the other thing they talked about was, um, oh yeah, winning the lottery. <laughs> That's a fun one, right? Like pretend that you've won the lottery. You've just won the super lottery and you're receiving $80 million. What would your life look like? Right. And one of my favorite things is, is that, um, is to, okay. This is a good one. Like pretend that you are uh, a day in your life, but it's 15 years from now. And what you do is you pretend you've got one of those little camcorders on, or like, you know, something like a camera on your shoulder. And it's just like following you around your day, 15 years from now. And, and there's no judgment here. Nobody is critiquing it. Just what is it? You know, I have my clients do this one too. It's like, what does it look like? And pretend that you're filming the day. Like, how are you waking up? What's your bed like? What's your bedroom like? What car are you driving? You know, what's your house look like? What job are you going to? If you're going to a job, you know, all those things is really, is fun. It's like witnessing uh, your life. And that's kind of fun too. And what that does is it allows people to open up and find and tap into their personal vision. 
vision uh, for themselves. And knowing this personal vision, that's what you coach. You help them get towards, you know, what it is, the gap between where they are, where they want to be. And that's, that's really how you help people change. All right. So then they talked about cultivating a, re- a resonant relationship. So listening beyond what you hear. Obviously, there is so much power in paying attention. So remember that the main goal um, of a flourishing relationship is to really understand the person that you're listening to and really listening to what it is that these people are wanting for themselves. And Barbara Fredrickson, uh, her words, her wording language around it is um, the spirit of a coach's work is to broaden and build. And it's, it's never to manipulate or control. So it's really to broaden someone to help them move to a more broadened place instead of shrinking them down and making them feel small. And I like that. And so they talked about within their book too, about the power of listening and um, really hearing people on a deeper level is understanding what what's going on and using uh, questioning, but not in a way that's drill sergeant questioning, but more like, okay, what else? Like finding a more genuine curiosity and the relationship between a coach and a coachee or a helper and a person that is being helped is that it's really about developing a relationship, having a connection that that relationship needs to be resonant and it needs to be a high quality connection. And we do that through overall a positive emotional tone, having a shared vision and just really sharing compassion and empathy, empathetic listening, and obviously staying focused on the other person and listening, right? It's a process. It's hard to do. It's hard to pay attention sometimes when your mind goes off uh, in other places. So being fully present and really hearing what people are saying, even hearing what people aren't necessarily saying with their words. (laughs) And that's a skill. And that's we can practice and get better at it. So that's your challenge this week. I challenge you to pick a few relationships and just see um, how you can really build a high high quality connection with other people and high quality listening. Um, and that's fundamental for really helping people change and really understanding what's going on. All right. So then they talked about recognizing coachable moments, obviously seizing the opportunity when you know that there's a coachable moment, you're, you're able to effectively capitalize on it. I know as a mom with my kids, I have lots of coachable moments and it's very hard for me to, um, sometimes to just step out of my world and be in that moment that I can, you know, keep it in a positive emotional attracting state, uh, and listen, All right. So then they talked about, um, taking the time to really engage with people and recognizing when those moments are. Can you think of a time where it wasn't a good coachable moment, but you started coaching? (laughs) I've actually had my kids say to me, mom, I don't want to be coached right now (laughs) because they can, they can tell when I'm going into the coach mode. Uh, so it's funny. So sometimes people just aren't open to being coached and they're, they're not, they're not having it. They just, you know, uh, it's interesting. Okay. So this book was so good. So it's all about caring about others and trying to help them is, is a very common thing. Like we all, we want to do that, but the source of our caring may be to 
you know, manipulate or help or influence in some way. So sometimes we try to fix problems and things like that. So it's really important that we move to this place more of inspiring people to become who it is that they want to be. And the idea is, is that, you know, it's almost like you're their cheerleader. So it's all about helping them move towards what it is that they desire for themselves, helping them improve their performance so they can live up to their own potential. This is such a different approach, right? So all that their desires are really their own desires and it's perfect. Even if it's opposite of what it is that you would do, it's really the idea of helping people change and coaching with compassion for lifelong learning and growth is all about honoring what it is that that person has, what that vision is for themselves, right? So it's such a great book. I loved it. So I challenge you in the next month, like each day, even if it's just for 15 minutes or even, you know, 20 minute conversations, try to have conversations with different people to help them discover and connect with what the best version of themselves are. You know, what is it, what is it that they value? What is it that they, what's their dream like? What do they, they desire within their work life or their personal vision and see how that conversation goes. It not only feels really good, but it really does feel good to the other person as well. And the deepest wish that they had for this book is that you will feel the hope, the compassion, the mindfulness and playfulness that can result from honestly caring for others and inspiring them to enhance their lives. This is the promise of coaching with compassion. That is the book this week, my friends. Oh my gosh, it was so good, right? I hope you got a lot out of it. I know it's a lot of content. When I do my book clubs, I try to suck out like a lot, a lot of content because we talk about them for like an hour and a half, but we coach the concepts within the book club. So that's why this one's a little bit longer for you, but I hope you got a lot out of it. I know I did. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.